Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we worship you and give you all glory and honor. Lord, we just minister to you and just pour our love out upon you. Thank you, Jesus, for all you've done for us. Lord God, thank you for saving us, for delivering us, for loving us, giving us grace and mercy fresh and new every day, oh God. Lord, such a good God. You're such an awesome, amazing, good God. And we worship you, Lord. We worship you in this house. Just right there, just begin to tell him how much you love him, what he means to you. That's called ministering to the Lord. How oh, we love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Now, reach over to that person around you and be a minister. Just bless them. Pray for somebody. Come on, just ask God to bless them tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just pray. We just ask you to bless them. Whatever they have need of, Lord, whatever is going on in their lives. Lord, I thank you right now for beginning to touch them with your power and your presence. Bringing joy into their hearts. Breaking off oppression. Lord, just filling them full to overflowing with the refreshing of your spirit. Blessing them tonight, Lord. More than they could ever imagine or dream of, Lord. Just blessing them, Lord. And Lord, we just give you all the praise. All the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen and amen. Now look at that person around you saying, you know, you're a blessed person. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I'm glad y'all are tuned in tonight, and I'm glad y'all are here. I want to share a word with you, so get your Bibles out. Go to 1 Corinthians 1.18. 1 Corinthians 1.18. This is a message that the Lord started speaking to my heart after Sunday's message called Influencers. This is Influencers too. <laughs> Thought I'd get a real catchy title there for you, you know. Yeah, Influencers too. Now, as we were, as I was teaching Sunday, you know, we have so we we got a world that's out of control, and our job as Christians are to be influencers. We are to influence people for Jesus. That's what our job is to do, and so I. I that can get intimidating in a sense. When you start to think that it's your job to influence others, sometimes, because, you know, I don't know about y'all, but sometimes I just wake up and I don't really feel like being nice. You know, it's not that I don't feel like, like I want to be mean. I just don't want to talk to anybody or whatever. It's just one of those days, you know. I mean, we all have them. 
But we're called to be influencers. And this is what we got to set out our, our, our hearts to do. Well, I want to share something with you tonight. Out of 1 Corinthians 18, I'm going to read a little bit here. I'm going to read some verses so y'all follow me along. It says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us, it is who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? It's not God made foolish the wisdom of this world. For since the wisdom of the world, excuse me, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God that through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For the Jews request a sign, the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block, and to the Greeks, foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. Okay, stop right there for just a second. I had a person call me today that uh, wasn't in church on Sunday, but they had, today were listening to the, uh, the broadcast, and, uh, and, and they called me and said, well, I just got to tell you, he said, my goodness, that message was for me. And you said that God woke you up at 2 o'clock in the morning and gave it to you and everything. It was for me, totally for me. It set me free. I was in a bad situation, and, and I, I was starting to pick up a fence. And uh, he said it was totally for me. He showed me when you're preaching the message that, that, I, that my pride was hurt and wounded. And, and, you know, and so I was just like, wow, it just amazes me that, that you know, the foolishness of preaching. Hello, what I'm saying? You got me here. It was the foolishness of preaching coming out of just my mouth. And I mean, I, I mean, it was a good message. I took notes. Right. It was a good message. I took notes. I don't think it was one of the best messages I've ever preached, but it was it was a good message. And, and but God had that in the, through the foolishness of preaching. Somebody got deliverance and victory. From what was said. Well, that's the way God does things. He has the ability to slip in when you hear that word or hear that message or hear whatever is going on. And he says, I took the foolishness of preaching. I didn't use this great wisdom. I didn't use this great intelligence. I didn't use this, this great whatever. And if you go back to where we first started, he said he calls the cross foolishness. He said, I took the foolishness of the cross I took the foolishness that what men would say was foolish, and I'm using that to touch the world. Then he says, for you see your calling, brethren, not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble or call. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame those things which are mighty. The base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And these and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. 
that no flesh should glory in his presence. Listen to this. Think about this. Jesus, if, if you were coming up with a business plan to get your message out across the world, you wouldn't pick 12 guys who have no broadcast experience. You, you with me? I mean, you know, they have people right now that their whole jobs in life are to, to figure out how to take the Internet, how to take the, you know, uh, the, the resources of whatever's out there, how to get the message out to more people to build your business. They have algorithms, they have all these different things that go in there. And there's people who are studied people who figured this out, how to broadcast the message, right? What did Jesus pick? Some old fisherman, a crooked tax collector, right? He didn't pick people. He didn't. And, and, and if you were sitting there like, oh, Jesus, man, <laughs> you know, there's somebody else down the road there over there. It's better than Peter. I mean, come on. You know, I mean, what does he know? He's not even educated. He just knows how to catch fish. Right. He didn't use the Pharisees that could read the Bible forward and backwards and do all this stuff and knew all these teachings and knew all the great writers and knew, you know. He said, no, 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 I, I want those guys. All right. So he said, but of him who are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and the righteousness and sanctification or redemption, that is, is, that is, is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. So God had this plan. He wanted to use influencers, but he wasn't interested in how good you already are as an influencer in order to get you to, to be an influencer. That's what I want you to think about tonight. And it may hurt your pride to know that God chose you because you're foolish. I know that's why I'm here. God said, let's take that old guy. Let's pick that old cowboy and put him up there and let him do it. And, and, and everybody's like, what? Because God wants you to use foolish things. So that when, when people look and say, that's got to be God. Right? Okay, let me show you another scripture. Go to... You know this, but go look at it anyway. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Zechariah 4, 6. Zechariah 4, 6 says, So he answered and he said unto, to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So in other words, God, God it's not, it's not, it's not your great ability. It's not your, your fancy talk. It's not your strength. It's not your might. It's not your power that God's interested. He's only interested when you let the Holy Spirit flow through you. All right? So, again, I don't want to hurt your feelings. But the truth of the matter is, God, listen, God doesn't need us. But we need God. Hello? Just think about this. It's not by might. It's not by power, but it's going to be done by a spirit. You cannot make the things of God happen. Listen, if I could make revival happen, I would make revival happen. But what happens is, is if I get into a big dog and pony show, smoke and mirrors and, 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 and do all this kind of stuff, trying to make something happen, trying to get into emotionalism or whatever, then what happens is I get exactly what I can produce. Right? Build a great big cathedral, put all the... the, the the stained glass, and you know, God bless, I like stained glass as much as the next person. I'm not against it, but I'm saying you build the, the great cathedral to bring the people in, and you do all the smoking mirrors and pony shows, and what do you have? You've got just what your might could bring about. But I'm, I'm the kind of person, I'd rather have God. 
I would rather have the Spirit of God moving in my life. I would rather have the Holy Ghost moving and doing things in my life. I'd rather see God moving out in front of me, right? Going before me and behind me and his strong right arm holding me than me trying to do it by myself. Because the bottom line is God's not wanting me to do it. He just wanted me to participate. Now look at something here. Go to Acts chapter 10, verse 34. Acts 10, 34. <clears throat> now this is when Peter goes to the house of Cornelius to preach the gospel to them for the first time. And so I want to start in verse 34 and read down through 38 what Peter's saying. It says, And Peter opened his mouth and he said, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. And that word, you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism, which John preached. Now, here you go. Listen to this. Key in on these words. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. That was what Peter's statement was to the house of Cornelius and whoever else was there in the crowd, right? He says, God anointed Jesus. Okay? Just, just key on that. God anointed Jesus. Jesus. Okay? Now go to Colossians 1.27. This is why the foolishness of preaching works. I want to show you this right here. Colossians 1.27. To them God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Okay, so where is, what does he say? Christ is in us, right? Yeah. Okay, let me give you another one because some of y'all, I think, are doubting. 1 Corinthians 3.16. What does 1 Corinthians 3.16 say? Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Okay. So it's Christ in us. Well, if God anointed Jesus, then could you not say that the anointed one was in you? Is that not what Messiah means? The Messiah, when he's talking about Jesus Christ, the Messiah, we're talking about the anointed one, right? right. He's in you. Yeah. So if the anointed one's in you, then you're carrying around the anointing. You're not trying to get anointed. Think about this. I mean, we, we, we I mean, I've been, I mean, I, I mean, come on, man. I, I can get it. Like I've always told you, I get as charismatic and Pentecostal as y'all want to go, man. I mean, you know, I can spit, fly, dance, do whatever you want to. Or I can, you know, whatever, can, you know, be a little bit more reserved. And so I just want to tell you something. I've been to a lot of meetings over my life and over the time of the ministry, and there's been a lot of people that are trying to get anointed. I've been to services before where they were anointing service so that you were anointed with oil so you could get anointed. And this is saying, though, that that's not right. Because it's not you're going to get anointed, it's that you're finally learning to get out of the way and let the anointed one on the inside of you do the ministry. So a fool can carry a sack. 
So God says, look, I'm not really looking for you to help me here and give me your strength and your might and your two cents. I'm just looking for you to carry the anointing, the anointing of the anointed one to the world. I'm just wanting you to show up full of Jesus. I was thinking about, you know, like most, this is the way I believe most people live. It's like living in a house with two other people. And one of them is, you know, negative. And they see if they, oh my gosh, look at today. This is like a terrible day. This is not going to be a good day. This is terrible. I don't think anything's going to work right today. The other person's over there saying, my goodness, the sun came up this morning. That shows me that God's covenant's still with us. Everything's going to be okay. God is on our side. He's going before me. He's going behind me. And you're sitting in the middle and you're choosing which one you're going to listen to. So what are you going to do? You're going to go out. You're going to go out of the house listening to the negative, or you're going to go out to the house listening to the one that's sharing the word of God. And that's what your choice is every day. If we're going to be, if we're going to be influencers, you're not going to be an influence. You're going to be an influencer. You are an influencer one way or the other. You're either going to influence negatively, or you're going to influence positively. Right? Go down there and meet somebody at the gas pump. Say, how you doing today? Oh, not too good. You know, it's terrible. Gas going up tomorrow. Right? You're not doing anything. Yeah, you know. Going out, find me some iodine pills. Look like it's the end of the world. Right? Or they say, how you doing today? You say, man, I'm doing great. I'm blessed. I'm not worried about anything. I was talking to the Lord this morning. He told me everything's going to be all right. And then, you know, the person may say, that guy's crazy. But it doesn't make any difference because the foolishness of preaching is what God's going to use. All your job is to do is to realize it's not you who are anointed. It's the anointed one on the inside of you who's doing the work. And all he's asking you to do is be a mouthpiece, to be some hands, to be some feet, to carry the the anointing. Okay, go to 1 John 2 and 20. 1 John 2, 20. So 1 John 2, 20 says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. You have an anointing from the Holy One. But it's not you who's anointed. And see, this is where a lot of people get it wrong. They want to say, oh, I went to the great meeting, and I was touched, and woo, holly. I've had, I've had some, big, some big men of God lay hands on me, all right? But I would be wrong to say that I received an anointing. I received the anointing. Listen to this. I received, now, uh, you know, you got you to gotta listen to me. Let me finish this before you just turn me off, okay? Just stay tuned for just a little while longer. I received all of the anointing I would ever, ever receive in life the day I got born again. Just think about this. How are you going to get more than Jesus inside of you born again? Now, when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I learned to, 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 to let it rip, let it, let it ooze out, let the Spirit of God move, right? All the whole time from salvation to today is a process of learning how to me to get out of the way and let the Holy Spirit do the work. That's really all it is. You say, man, I can really see that anointing's increasing. Oh, well, I must be dying. I must have figured out how to crucify some flesh. Because I must be getting out of the way so that he can shine forth. Instead of me standing up there telling him how it ought to be. Because he was just looking for a foolish person. And that's why I got signed up. Now, 
I do believe that the Lord wants us to, you know, not be obnoxious. Right. I don't think he wants us when I say foolish. I don't think he wants us to, you know, be ugly on purpose and, you know, things of this nature and and to just be harsh with people. And God wants us to, you know, have whatever you want to call it, some etiquette or whatever. Right. But you've got the anointing on the inside. It's about you getting out of the way and letting Jesus come forth. Jesus is love to people. Jesus is grace to people. Jesus is mercy to people. And you getting out of the way. Now, he says, you already got you have an anointing from the Holy One. You know all things. Now look at Isaiah 10, 27. Isaiah 10, 27. How many of y'all ever argued with somebody? Like you're trying to get your point across and you're arguing with somebody. That ever happened to anybody? I mean, I don't know if y'all do that kind of stuff, but, you know, possibly, possibly it happened, you know, you know, and, and so you're doing that by your own might. And so then let me ask you this. When you argue with that person, how many of you, even though you may have got your point across, you really won the battle? Huh? Yeah. It doesn't work. Isaiah 10, 27 tells you another way. It says, and it shall come to pass in that day that the burden will be taken away from your shoulder and the yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. You see, it's, the, it's when Jesus comes out of you and touches the situation. That's the anointing that breaks the yokes of oppression and problems and whatever in life. If you try to go up there by your might, your strength, your power, what you get is resistance. And even if you, even if you resisted to the point that you dominated, you still lost. Because now the person's hurt and offended. So you didn't really win. You just got your point across. So the only way to let the, the, the Spirit of God go out more of you is to crucify more of your flesh, which nobody really likes to do that. But that's what we got to do. Okay? So <clears throat> in wrapping this up, this is short but sweet tonight. Go to Hebrews 10.23. Hebrews 10.23. So what do we got to do? What do we got to do to allow the anointing, the anointed one, to flow through us and to grab a hold of what I'm saying tonight so that we can be bigger, larger influencers in life? Hebrews 10, 23 tells us what to do. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. That's an important thing right there, without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Now, if I have a person come to me and they promise me something, like let's say say I have a person come to me, and I know who they are, I know what their income is, and they walk up to me and they say, I'm going to give you $10 million tomorrow. And I, I, I know that they don't have $10 million. You know, I might ask them, did you win the lotto last night or something come up or something I don't know about? You know, I mean, uh, uh, what, 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 you know, what's the deal? But if they said, no, tomorrow I'm going to write you a check for $10 million, take it down to the bank, it's good. There would be a question to me because I know them. Y'all with me? Yeah. That they could be faithful to perform what they have said. Love them. They maybe meant the best in the world, but I just question it. Y'all with me? So in Hebrews 6 is where God says, I could find nobody else 
to swear by to keep me that I was going to keep all of my promise. I couldn't find anybody else. And so I had to swear to myself because there was nobody as great as me that could make sure that I kept the promise. And so I had to do it to myself. So I said, yeah, you know, I mean, if you can imagine this scene, God says, you're going to bless them. Then he turns to the other side and he says, you're going to bless them. I'm seeing to it. And he says, I'm seeing to it. And I'm seeing to it. I'm seeing to it. That's what God did. Because he could find no greater. He swore an oath to himself saying, I was going to bless you, right? Okay. So then the last part of this is for he who promised is faithful. You got to understand something. The guy who promised it is backing it up. All the promises. Just hear what I'm saying tonight. He's backing up every promise that he's promised in the scriptures. Every promise with an oath that he has committed to himself. So then you can pretty much say, okay, that's in the bag. Okay, so taking up that God's got it all under control. God's going to do everything he said he could do. And he's faithful to do what he said he could do. So then let's take it to the top. It says, let us, let us, us. Hold fast the confession of our hope. So what's your confession? What did you say out of your mouth that morning? Who did you listen to? Without wavering. See, now there's times, and I, I don't think this is wavering. There's times that I'm, I'm, I have prayed and said, Lord, I don't, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> ah, if I was you, I would do it differently. But I trust you. And this is not really the path I'd like to walk. But God, I know you got it under control. If you said you're going before me and behind me and goodness and mercy are following me and, and you're, I'm blessed and I can't be cursed and all these truths that you promised me are mine, I believe that's true. And I believe you're going to back up the promise. But I don't understand while I'm, why I'm in this, this lane here. I don't really believe that's wavering. I just believe that's just telling me, be truthful and just telling God like it is. So the answer is what he says to me all the time, just keep your confession going right. Just keep saying it out of your mouth right. God, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I think you bless me. I'm blessed today. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed when I come. I'm blessed when I go. I am the head and I'm not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. You got to keep the confession going. Why? Because God is a God who moves by his word. And when his word and his promise goes out there, that word goes out. He says, man, my word never returns back to me void. It's always going to accomplish everything I've sent it out to do. So, so that word's got to go out, but you got to be helping me here. I'm trying to get you to get the anointing out. I'm trying to get you to let Jesus loose in the situation. Okay, here we go back to the message. Who, who, I don't even know when I did this one, but who's the, who, who's the word? Jesus coming back, Revelation 19, right? He's the word. He's coming back. He is the word. Oh, so what doesn't that make a little bit of sense that then if the word is coming out of you and Jesus is the word and he is the anointed one and he's coming out of you, that something's going to happen. But you got to do something, not waver. It's like you got to have a zipper on your lip. I've always thought that, you know, people that get piercings, nose piercings, tongue piercings, and they should have a double lip piercing. Just shut them down. There's some people that that would be the only way that you could get them to be quiet and quit talking negative and quit talking all the trash that's coming out of their mouth is as a double piercing, shut their mouth, you know, because that's what's killing them. They're not understanding what God's trying to do. God's saying, look, foolish ones, 
You got born again. The Spirit of God's living on the inside of you now. If you'll just walk, you don't have to be so smart. You don't have to be so sharp. You just got to kill your flesh and let me out. Hold your confession because I'm faithful and I'm the one that promised it. So that means every scripture, every promise is yours. Amen? And the only thing messing it up is you. It's me. I'm the one doing it. I mean, I, I get the Holy Ghost says to me, what are you saying? I'm like, I shouldn't have said that. That's wrong. Hello? We all do it. So what do you do? You repent. You say, God, I'm sorry. Uh, what was I thinking? How did I get sidetracked? Why was I listening to that negative Nelly in my house? No, that's not my wife. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm... My wife's name's Laura. But you know, it's in your head. It's that negative in your head. Why are you listening to it? It's just taking you away. It's just cutting your confession down. It's just causing you to waver. It's taking you out of the promises of God and the blessings of God. But if you stay on top, you say, okay. Thank you, Lord. You got it under control. Then I guarantee you, you're going to have success. And the anointing that's in you is going to go out. It's going to destroy the yoke. Amen? So look at that person beside you and say, you know, you're already anointed. Amen? Amen. Well, put your Bibles up and stand up if you would. Praise God. I want to pray for you. Father, I just declare right now in Jesus' name, everyone out there listening, watching in here tonight, I thank you, Lord God, the revelation of this message just goes forth that Jesus, you're already the anointed one is in us. And if we're going to influence this world, touch this world, Lord God, I just declare that it's going to be you. And you chose us as the foolish ones to use and to flow through. And you chose that the preaching of your word, the foolishness of the preaching of your word, to be what sets people free because it's your word going out. And Lord, we commit to you tonight that we are not going to fall into wavering. Lord God, we're going to keep our confession strong because faithful is he who promised. You promised it. You're faithful to do it. Lord God, and we praise you for it. So, Lord, I thank you all the promises of God are yes and amen to us. They are true to us. And, Lord, that's what we're going to walk in. And so this night, Lord, we just commit it to you. We thank you, Lord God, that the blessings of God are upon us. We declare, Lord God, that we're blessed in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for blessing everyone's business, blessing everyone's hands, that they're what they put it to. Lord, everything they're giving, everything is blessed. Because, Lord, that's what you said. And so we thank you for it. We praise you for it, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, and amen. God bless you, church.